Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Real Gerald Quinn. We are back live um, and on on YouTube. Um, of course, we will be posting this all over YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast. But you know, we to switch it up a little bit. I know, you know, if you miss seeing my face and not uh, not my slides, um, so doing something a little bit different or what we used to do per se in terms of having live YouTube uh, YouTube uh, podcast so I'm certainly happy to be with you on this 4th of August 2000 uh, on this 4th of August 2021 we're going to go over the NBA free agent um, NBA free agency Still not, still not over the course, but uh, most of the guys, most of the uh, main players, most of the uh, main principals have been signed. Um, still, there's still a couple of uh, top guys, still a couple of guys like John Collins that are, that are out there um, from from Atlanta. We'll talk about that. Dennis Stroder is still out there. Um, you have uh, Danny Green is still out there. And by the way, if anything has happened during this podcast, then I apologize, I apologize in advance. So, the Lakers, um, last time I spoke to you, they had traded for Russell Westbrook. We discussed that, and of course, that we, knew, we knew at the time that they had to uh, fill out their roster, and they have done that in, in a big way as they, they've added the likes of Carmelo Anthony, Kendrick Nunn, Wayne Ellington, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, and also Kevin uh, Bazemore, Trevor Pisa, and of course the White Howard. Four of those guys, of course, the White Howard, Ariza Bazemore, um, used to play for the Lakers in their second stints uh, with the Lakers. Wayne, I think Wayne Ellington too. Um, I, I try to block out that era where they where the Lakers missed. Uh, playoffs 10 straight years. So excuse me if I, if I forget somebody that actually played for the team. That, that's me, you know, not wanting to go back into that mode, back into that time where the Lakers just, you know, were in a 10-year playoff, 10-year drought of not making the playoffs. So everybody's excited. Um, Laker fans are just, you know, going crazy. Of course, you know, I'm a long, lifelong Laker fan. Everybody's excited. About the new additions, um, they basically want to hand the Lakers the championship, um, and what have you. And again, I think they addressed the shooting. Ellington, Ariza, uh, none, even Carmelo Anthony has improved as a three-point shooter. So I, I think they have addressed that that aspect. Uh, for the likes of Anthony Davis and LeBron James needing spacing, needing extra space, spacing to operate. The problem is, and the question, the question, the major question mark going into the season will be about their defense. Uh, KCP, KCP, along with, yeah, I just got along with uh, Alex Caruso. I had a brain fart there, Alex Caruso, and also even Kyle Kuzman were three above average defensive players. KCP and uh, and, and Caru- Alex Caruso were elite perimeter defensive players. A matter of fact, 
when Anthony Davidson, LeBron James, missed considerable time um, the last couple of months of the season, the Lakers' defense did not slip. They finished with the number one defense in the league going into the playoffs. So that those losses cannot be – you just can't brush those losses off and say, hey, those, those guys were spare parts, those guys. We know they're not stars, but those guys were excellent defensive players. So now it puts more pressure, of course, on Anthony Davis, who is, of course, one of two or three best defensive players in the league, and, of course, a 37-year-old or soon-to-be 37-year-old LeBron James. Remember, every time – like a guy like Anthony Nunn, not Anthony Nunn, uh, Kendrick Nunn, or Carmelo Anthony, or Wayne Ellington, or Taylor Horton Tucker, or even, um, I'm leaving out one name, even every, every time those guys like that, and baseball, every time those guys like that are in the game, they're going to be targeted. They're going to be targeted, period. Switch on him. I want they're gonna be they're gonna be looking for those matchups. Yeah, I want I want Kendrick Nunn guard me. I want Carmelo Anthony guard me. So that cannot be dismissed in regards to these new additions. So again, the main thing here, I mean, the season, the Lakers season will come down to the health of LeBron James and of course uh, Anthony Davis. And also in how Russell Westbrook acquiesces to the uh, to the team, and can he sacrifice? And again, we talked about that last podcast. Can he sacrifice for for the you know for the greater good of the team trying to win a championship? That's what the season's going to come down to. But I don't think I, I like I have to see them actually play before. Like I, there's still some question marks. I can't sit up here. And tell you that the Lakers that you should hand them. Forget about the NBA championship because I still that I still think that goes to Brooklyn if they're healthy. But I'm not even going to hand them the Western Conference uh, until I see this uh, until I see this play see this play out in regards to how these guys are going to uh, you know how they're going to incorporate these guys and how and are, are they going to get are these guys going to defend at a high enough level? They lost a lot of defense. Now, again, that cannot be dismissed when you're talking about trying to um, win the NBA championship. I'm not as concerned about the age. Uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen a number of teams who are veteran teams win championships. Uh, you know, that 2014 Spurs team had a bunch of vet older players, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks their 06 Heat team. So, uh, like most teams that win championships are have an average age of over 30. Like, you're not seeing too many. I mean, the Warriors of 2015 were an uh, anomaly. They, I think the average age was like 27, 26, maybe younger than that. But I think it was like 26. So, I'm not – the age thing doesn't concern me as much. They're still young enough in, in certain spots. Like Taylor Horton, Tucker, and Kendrick Nunn, those guys are relatively young. Kent Bazemore's, you know, only 32. Um, guys like guys, those guys, you know, are relatively young. So they're young enough in enough spots. Wayne Ellington is, isn't old, uh, you know, isn't that old to be, uh, isn't that old? You know, he's not depend, you're not depending on him as far as athleticism anyway. So I'm not as concerned about the age. I'm not. 
um, again, the defense can well, the defense will be a, a major question mark. And Frank Vogel will have his definitely have his his uh, work cut out for him, you know, with, with the schemes, with his defensive principles, trying to get guys who have not over their careers defended to defend at a level to defend at a level to where you're not putting you're not putting too much of an onus on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. More so LeBron James. Anthony Davis is still only twenty-eight and and Anthony Davis we know can cover up a number of mistakes. Um, with his presence in the middle um, defensively, we, we understand that. He's, again, we can make it, I can make a case every day as being the best defense player in the league. So he's in that, you know, he's on that level. As far as Miami goes, um, big, you know, a number of signings for Miami. Of course, it, this, it starts out with Kyle Lowry going to the Heat. Um, Kyle Lowry, of course, will be an Hall of Fame one day. Certainly, in the conversation of greatest Toronto Raptor ever, I, you know, right there with Vince Carter, um, with, with Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan, you know, and also, um, I know people don't disagree. They might disagree with me. I have to put Kawhi Leonard there as well. That you know, bringing up that championship even only in one year. But Kyle, you know, this was a this was a move that I, th- I think was necessary for Miami. I know Kyle Lowry. That's a lot of money. Um, three years, thirty-five years old. He's not going to get any better, but he's still he is still a guy who you don't have to put the onus of the offense on. He's still he's still one of the toughest point guard point guards in the league. He's still an excellent defensive point guard. Can make you know can knock down the three point shot and should fit like a glove playing alongside um, Jimmy Butler. The key to me for Miami is Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. Those guys have to take a leap in order for Miami to even sniff Brooklyn or Milwaukee, period. They have, they have to take a leap. Bam I, listen, Bam Adebayo was an all-star last year, but I haven't been impressed with Bam. He didn't play well. He was awful in the playoffs, and he really hasn't. If you've been watching the Olympics, he hasn't played well in the, in the Olympics as well either. He really hasn't. So I, I, I see a lack of aggression. I see someone who, you know, still doesn't trust his mid-range shot uh, to the level that he should at this point. And, of course, Tyler Hero, came, Tyler Hero whose um, regular season numbers might have been not that, not that far off from the previous season. But playoffs, he was awful. He averaged like nine points in the playoffs. He was back on the bench, basically a, you know, he was he was in the rotation, but he really wasn't. He was a non-factor in that four-game sweep against Miami, uh, excuse me, against Milwaukee. So he has to come back, and maybe you know I, I think I think the thing with Hero is I think he was smelling his you know got a little fame. Uh, you know we see him on Instagram, we see him you know looks like he was enjoying being a celebrity a little bit too much. Maybe now this year will bring him back down to earth, humble him. So he can come back and bounce back and be the player that he was in the 2020 bubble. That's that is you know I, I feel like you know I'm not worried about Jimmy Butler. He'll be fine. Um, they added you know they added they added PJ Tucker. Even though I'm not a big PJ Tucker fan, he does fit well with them. All he has, you know, all he has to do is defend and make corner corner threes. And you know the Heat culture, whatever you know, he, he fits like a glove when it comes to that. 
Um, so, and also they're, you know, getting uh, Markeith Morris. He's the worst out of the two Morris twins. He's not as good as his brother, but he did have some moments in 2020 with the Lakers uh, going to the, uh, in, on their road to the finals and to the championship. So, you know, he, He's a body, you know. He's not. I, I wouldn't count on too much from him per se, but uh, again, he should fit right into uh, their culture. And you know, Miami has a way of bringing out the best of some of some of these role players um, that come that that come who are veteran players off of, off other teams. So again, this is you know, this is Pat Riley swinging. This is Pat Riley swinging for the fences. Pat Riley wants before he retires, and they're supposed they're supposed to take over. As you know, team president and, and the head of head of all operations in Miami with the Miami Heat, Pat Riley wants you know wants another chip. We know how competitive this guy is. We know that we know he he's a he's a, one of the all time greats as far as um, team presidents and uh, you know in terms of that he and again very even at his even at his age he is still a a a, a super competitor he wants in the work he wants another another championship in the worst way and and if you're Miami you don't want us to feel like that 2020 finals appearance is a fluke because if they follow up if they follow up getting swept uh by Milwaukee with another early exit especially adding a Kyle Lowry and some of the pieces they add then people are going to definitely think that that 2020 finals appearance was a So again, as of right now, I, I will put them just just a, a slight notch below Brooklyn and Milwaukee as far as you know teams to be in Eastern Conference. We'll see what Philly does. Uh, right now, I would say they're better than Philly, to be honest with you. So we'll we'll see what Philly does. But in Atlanta, hmm. uh, I think those two. I think those teams are basically are evenly matched in Atlanta. I would give them a slight edge because they maybe because of experience against Atlanta. But there I, I think Atlanta is right there with Miami. Uh as far as you know when we start talking about the top tiers, the top teams in the uh decent conference. Uh we're gonna go over some winners and losers of the free agency so far. So winner number one winner had to be to me DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan and again when people were talking about he first he signs with the Bulls three years, uh, eighty five million dollars. Now again, he's coming off a year, despite the fact that how poorly San Antonio played this year. He came he he did average twenty one and seven. Um, has scored at least twenty points a game, averaged at least twenty points a game eight straight years. We know how efficient he is from the mid range, one of the best mid range scorers in the league. Shot close to fifty percent from the field. We know he doesn't shoot threes. Doesn't only attempted seventy four threes uh, last season. So he, the majority of his damage is on coming to mid range. Um, Eighty. It's not so much. Listen, I think people are knocking the contract. If you're the Bulls and you have haven't been relevant relevant for the last five years. You, gotta, you have to overpay. I mean, this is this all there is to it. You have to overpay. Um, you know, getting him alongside uh, Alex, uh, Alex Caruso as well as Lonzo Ball, you they have significantly upgraded the talent. 
So you have Ball, Levine, Caruso. You have Ball, Levine, DeRozan. You still have marketing as marketing as a trade chip, and Vucevic. Uh, that's what, that that team should be good enough to make the playoffs. That team, and you still have Kobe Kobe White coming off the bench. Um, that team should be good enough to make the playoffs. Now again, a lot of people didn't like DeRozan getting the getting as much money as he did. A lot of people think they eat a lot of people think the Bulls were bidding against themselves, which they probably were. But the bottom line is when you've been down as long as they've been down, and when you are desperate, the Bulls are desperate to make the playoffs this year. Desperate. Similar to what Atlanta was last year. They're desperate to make the playoffs. Probably you gotta overpay. And that contract in a couple of years will be a will be a tradable um will be will be a tradable contract. You can move that contract in two years. And again, the Rose is still a very good player. It's not like I know he's thirty one years. I think the Rose is thirty two. Thirty one going to be thirty two. I think he's thirty one. But he's still, I mean, you're talking about a guy that that's going to give you twenty. You can score twenty points a game in his sleep. And we've seen him score on teams that made the playoffs. So he's not a guy I don't you can't put him in a category of bad, you know, of you know, scorer on a bad team. No, we've seen him score. We've seen him. He's been all-star. He's been all-NBA a couple of times. He, he's he been the top leading scorer on a team that made it to the conference finals back in 2016. DeRozan's a very good player. So, again, you can't have it both ways, though, if you're Chicago. You can't say, well, the team has been terrible. Then they go out, spend the money, and and, and, and Try, try to win and complain and complain and complain about that as well. And say what you want about them; they have significantly upgraded the talent. They are a much better team than what they were last year. Chris Paul resigns as expected with the Phoenix Suns, four years, one hundred twenty million dollars. When he's done, um. He's going to have an excess of $420 million of contracts. $420 million. He's going to be one of the highest paid players in NBA history in terms of total contracts. So his agent, his agent, he, Chris Paul, he, Chris Paul gets his money. I, like, I give and give him. He, he's one of the reasons why he uh, was able to get this money based on how he negotiated the last uh, collective bargaining agreement. He's the, he was on the players' association, president of the players' association. So he definitely had himself in mind when that you know in terms of taking care of older players. And again, give Chris Paul credit for that. A lot of older players got paid, got paid big big money. And Chris Paul is a big reason for that for his uh, negotiations during during the last CBA. But he, you know, he keeps getting these contracts. He has maintained his level of play. Uh, second team All NBA, of course, led along with Devin Booker, Phoenix Suns to a um, within two games of an NBA championship. Phoenix will be right there again um, in the Western Conference. I again, I never thought that he was going to leave. Uh, if Phoenix was willing to pay, that that was that was the only question with, with Sarver, who is notoriously a cheap owner, was was going to be willing to pay. If Sarver was going to be willing to pay into the luxury tax, then that was no question that Chris Paul was going to stay 
Uh, he didn't want to leave Phoenix. He has his family as a home in Los Angeles. His family's there, so he did not want. To, he was not coming. He was not coming to the Knicks. He wasn't coming to a, East, to a team on the on the East Coast. He wasn't going to New Orleans. That just wasn't going to happen. So he is right where he should be, where he belongs, and they will try to make another run at a championship uh, come this year. Stephen Curry signs his second $200 million contract, a five-year extension worth $214 million. He, when he's done, could exceed over $470 million in terms of total contracts, which would make him the highest paid player in terms of total contracts in NBA history. I feel that. I think when it's said and done that in the next five to ten years that, that probably Giannis is going to have that title. If he, especially if he stays his entire career with, with Milwaukee. Curry, if you remember, Curry is certainly making up for lost time. If you remember, one of his first contracts in Golden State was like a four-year, $44 million contract. And it was a one of the best contracts in the history of the NBA considering the, considering the production. During that time period, he won two MEPs and led them to a championship. And the reason why that contract was so low, of course, was because they were, at the time, we didn't know Curry was going to last as long as he has last with the with the ankle issues that he had early in his career. So they kind of gave him they gave him a contract that was kind of like a team friendly contract. And again, that, that contract allowed Golden State to to become Golden State because they were allowed to have you know in essence sign Draymond, Clay Thompson. Uh, later on, of course, add Kevin Durant and they get you know three championships in four years. But he is more than making up for that now. He he's again he's the first player in NBA history to have multiple two hundred million dollar contracts. He's going to have multiple super max contracts. He gets everything. The thirty five percent of the uh, of the of, you know the thirty five percent of the team's um, salary cap because he's he's been a uh, been a league. Um, he's been with the same team, so they had like he's going to get. He's getting the max, the super duper max amount of money that you can get uh, for a player. Of course, he's been in the league over ten years, uh, so again, he's well deserving of that. This guy is, is still legit, legitimately a top five player, one of the greatest point guards of all time, and, and certainly Golden State will be amongst the uh, leading um, teams coming out the Western Conference uh, to contend for. Now we go to the losers, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and at some at certain at some point, San Antonio Spurs were going to hit. Well, this moment was going to happen for the Spurs. They had been near at the top of basketball for well over twenty years. But right, but as of right now, two thousand uh, August fourth, two thousand twenty-one, the San Antonio Spurs are a bad organization. They go out there, they pick up, they sign Doug McDermott. And they signed Zach Collins. Zach Collins gets $22 million, three years, $22 million. Zach Collins has not played basketball since 2019. Didn't play all of the last year. Has been repeatedly injured. Um, and somehow he got $22 million, which I, I just, I, again, I, I wonder who was San Antonio bidding against? Who was going to give <laughs> Zach Collins a multi-year contract for twenty two for more for twenty two million dollars. Doug McDermott is a very good shooter. He's he's developed made himself into a, a good NBA player. But Doug McDermott, McDermott does not make sense on a team 
that's going nowhere. Doug McDermott would make sense on a team that's contending for a championship. He's Golden State, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, that type of team. Even so, even even a team that's a playoff contender. Doug McDermott does not make any sense on the San Antonio Spurs whatsoever. Zero. So, I don't know what San Antonio is doing at this point. Um, they're in a bad spot. Um, it's clearly, you know, again, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But, uh, you know, we, we, we understand that Popovich has lost something on some the fastball. Has lost a bit, you know, bit on the fastball. The fastball, you know, it was 98. Now it might be, might be 92, 91. But yeah, it, nothing lasts forever. That's what I said. They were on top from what? From 1999 to, you know, up until 2018, 2000, up until 2018, they were contenders of 2017. In uh, rebuilding mode, and again, call it call a call a horrible break with what happened with Kawhi Leonard. Let's just call it, you know, let's just call it. You know, Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be a San Antonio Spurs, supposed to be continuing to lead that team, um, to be, be being on that team and leading that team to being a championship contender. The Northern Northern Pelicans, I don't understand what the hell they're doing right now. They Allow Lonzo Ball. They don't match Lonzo Ball. He goes to the Bulls. They sign Garrett Temple and Devontae Graham. Um, I, yeah, I, still, I don't get what what the plan is. Um, they're on they're on their you know third coach in three years. It is a distinct possibility that Zion Williamson could be the, become the first player not to sign a rookie extension, the rookie max extension, and just outright become a free agent in uh, in twenty twenty three or after, or excuse me, in twenty twenty two. That is on the table. And that, like, I never, you would never think, because that, I mean, that's, that is a, a player's first major contract. That's a player's first big time, big con, major contract. But their organization right now is one of the worst, one of the worst ran organizations in the sport. Um, David Griffin, I don't care how many picks he has, what, what are you going to do with those picks? Like, I don't, that's at a certain point, like, what are you going to do with those picks? He's got to get the, you know, hopefully he has the right coach. But they, they, they have some serious, they have some major issues. And they, right now, they, again, they are one of the five worst run franchises, franchises in the NBA. That's all. <laughs> And finally, Dennis Struder. Dennis Struder, during the season, turned out a four-year, $84 million extension. 
he bet on himself. He was looking for a $100 million contract. And to be honest with you, he would be lucky. He'll be lucky to get 40 million. To get, he'll be lucky to get 50 million. Or 40 or 40 million. Lucky. I could see a three-year, $45 million, con- $45 million contract, which, again, any of, it, we would, any of us would love $15 million a year. But four years, $84 million, we're talking 20, you know, talking like 20, what, $21 million a year that he was looking at? $21 million a year that he turned down. So he definitely falls under the category of loser as of right as of right now. As far as what the contenders did, look at some of the teams that will be. Uh, we already talked about the Lakers, of course, and the Miami Heat. But you look at some of the teams that will be looking to contend for a championship. Milwaukee, I, you have to love what Milwaukee did. Um, a lot of people at the beginning were concerned with Milwaukee. Because uh, they, you know, were concerned with Milwaukee and they were wondering what they were going, what they were going to do. Uh, they first they, they catch a major break by by um, <clears throat> with Bobby Portis taking basically a hometown discount. He could have got more money and went elsewhere. He chose. He likes the culture. He loves loves being there. The fans love him. Um, two years, nine million dollars. So they keep Portis. They sign Rodney Hood. They sign Ojale. They signed. They, they re-signed. Um, not uh, not Grant Hill, uh, George Hill, and of course they, you know, their bench left. Their bench next year. You got you're gonna have Portis, Hood, Ojale, Connington, and Hill. That's a hell of a bench. And of course, DiVincenzo will be back starting. Uh, he missed the playoffs. The duration of the playoffs with the foot injury. I mean, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's better. I mean, they're better. They're, that's all it is to it. This team. This next year's team on paper. Will be better than this team. Last year, there were questions they had. Of course, they they were not deep with their bench. They were thin in terms of their bench. They've certainly addressed that. Rodney Hood, we know, could be a dead eye shooter. Ojale can be is a tough, you know, uh, excellent defensive player, tough player. You know what Portis brings with his shooting and energy. George Hill is a you know excellent backup point guard to have. Veteran, um, been in a ton of playoff games, so we know what he brings to the table. So I love, absolutely love what Milwaukee did. Uh, Denver, they get uh, pick up, they pick up Jeff Green. He leaves Brooklyn. They resign Jermichael Green, and then they go out. They sign, uh, resign Harris. They resign Will Barton, and they, get, they also resign Austin Ripper. So some nice, quiet moves from Denver. Um, I like Jeff Green is a perfect fit for what they do. He can play small ball for shoot the basketball, still has some athleticism left in the tank, some gas left in the tank from that standpoint. Of course, the key for them, there are two things that could possibly raise them to be a championship caliber team. That's number one. What happens with Jamal Murray, how, you know, when he does come back, if he does come back, how effective will he be? And of course, Michael Porter Jr. has to continue to take another take another step up. Last year, he played well during the regular season. Did not as did not have a good a good playoff run for the most part. So you're looking for looking for some more consistency from him in the postseason. Big year for him because they can 
They also can sign him to a uh, uh, max extension. Um, they also they also can sign him to a max extension. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But you know, uh, I thought some nice moves for, for Denver. You know, nothing nothing flashy, nothing splashy, but just those kind of quiet under the radar moves. Utah resigns uh, Mike Conley Jr. Thought think he, think he got three for sixty eight. They also uh, signed Rudy Gay and uh, Hassan Whiteside. So, you know, uh, you know, when Hassan Whiteside wants to play, he can be effective. Depends on which Hassan Whiteside shows up. Uh, Rudy Gay is a solid veteran who can who can score. Um, really has you know really has uh, has had, has played well the last couple of years. He's he's a guy. That you know, come off their bench and be effective. Play, you know, been around for a long, been around for a while. So you know, I, that, I'm fine with that. They had to resign Mike Conley Jr., but again, we know Utah probably is going to have to make a move um, in order to get to that next level. In order to to, to compete with the likes of the Lakers and even Denver, for that matter. Uh, this, I, I still don't trust Utah. This particular roster to be a legit contender to to come out. A threat to the Lakers or even Denver to come out the West. They still need more. They still need to make a move, make some type of trade. We'll see what they do over the course of the season. Brooklyn resigned. Of course, they lost. They lost Jeff Green, but they did resign Blake Griffin, uh, Bruce Brown. They also added Patty Mills. So um, you certainly had to like, and also James Johnson, James Johnson as well from um, as he leaves Dallas. So. Brooklyn, uh, the Jeff Green, I'm sure they would like to keep Jeff Green, but and they lost, of course, Spencer Dinwiddie, which, you know, they lost him. For the, he was gone for the majority of the season, so they certainly expected him to leave. Uh, but, again, I thought keeping Blake, Blake Griffin was important. Bruce Brown has some moment, had a nice year, and Patty Mills is a shooter, certainly a shooter and a veteran, a veteran point guard that will certainly help them, um, help them uh, during the postseason. And Golden State added Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr., which is a nice pickup. But again, Golden State is not. This is the. I, I this will not be the team that you see coming into the season. I still think Golden State is going to make a move. I don't know what that move is going to be, but I still think Golden. I still expect Golden State to um, to make to make a big trade uh, between now and before and before the and before the season starts. So there you go with the, in terms of the contenders. Um. Again, the big one of the big things to me is Milwaukee really catching a break and and, and keeping Bobby Portis because there there was a, a lot of talk that Bobby Portis was gone and that he would go out go out for greener pastures in terms of getting the money. So that to me was that was big time for them to keep him um, on that on that on that team that won a championship. Uh, as far as real thoughts, we could be headed towards a showdown in the Olympics with Kevin Durant facing Luka. Slovakia, you know, Slovakia, as I'm butchering his name, Slovakia looks basically almost unbeatable. Luka's the only player I, I even know of, can name on, on the team, but he's been phenomenal. He's been the best player in these Olympics. By far, he's been the best player. Uh, again, I think you're gonna. The USA has played better in the last couple of games. Durant has picked up his game. And I think now they can kind of smell a gold medal appearance. Now, again, they have a tough game against Australia. Australia, Australia beat them earlier in the exhibition. 
Um, so that will be um, that'll be a, that will be a tough game. Australia is, has a, has some good players. Thibo, Patty Mills, they have some, you know, doesn't they have some couple of NBA guys. That'll be, I think that'll be a highly competitive game. But I expect I expect it to be Slovia and USA facing off for the gold medal matchup. Uh, a couple guys got to get max extensions. We see uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander get five years, one hundred seventy-two million dollars. He had a phenomenal year, like one of the, one of the best, quietest, great years that you'll ever see. He played. He he was he was play he played so well that they had to sit him for the last fifteen to twenty games so that they could tank. That's how well he played. So that guy can be. I think that guy that guy is only twenty three years old. Twenty three years old. He's going to be an all star. It's just a matter of when, not if, but when. Uh, you see, um, Trey Young gets his extension five years, two hundred seven seven million dollars. He should have been on the Olympic team uh, without question. And we're still, of course, waiting to see what happens with John Collins uh, with Atlanta. Now, apparently, Collins turned down a five-year, $125 million deal from Atlanta. That's, so that is a report. That's, those are reports. That, that's, there's a report going around that he turned down a five-year, five-year, $125 million contract. Um, I... First of all, I, I've, I said this right off the bat that I wouldn't even I wouldn't even resign him if I were Atlanta myself. But you know, apparently they they value him you know highly. Apparently they um, think highly of him. But uh, I would not re- I would not resign John Collins. I just think you have too many other play- other players that you're going to have to pay. They have other other wing players. Um, Again, at he he at best is a number three on it. He could be a he could maybe he could be a number three on a championship team, maybe. Probably he's probably even he's probably even a number four on a championship team. To be honest with you, like if he were on the Lakers, he'd probably be their best their fourth best player. If he were on the Bucks, he'd be their fourth best player. Brooklyn, he'd be their fourth best player. Even somebody like Miami. So he's probably closer to being a four. Maybe, maybe a three, but I'll be leaning towards a fourth best player on a championship team. Not giving that guy $25 million. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, it, there's, there's just no way. So we'll see how, we'll see, um, how, that, how long that standoff takes place. I, again, I don't know... Atlanta is bidding against themselves. No one is going to, like, I don't see anybody matching that contract. I really don't. I don't see it. First of all, there are not that many teams that have a lot of money left. Like, most of these teams who had who had a ton of salary cap space have used it all up, including the Knicks. And the Knicks, both the Knicks and the Bulls. And I don't, I don't see him on the Spurs. Like, I don't, I don't think the Spurs, maybe I don't think the Spurs have stooped that low to give a max contract to a guy who, you know, cannot lead a franchise that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the real deal podcast free agency nba free agency special i will see you next week on the next edition of the real deal podcast enjoy the rest of your week this podcast this podcast will be up 
uh, on the on the rest of them on our platforms in a couple of hours. So stay tuned. Be on be on the lookout for that. I'm out.